0: Welcome, everyone, to the July market update from Rosecut. I'm joined by Mike O'Sullivan once again. Hi, Mike.
1: Hi, good morning. It's an interesting month. I think, in some respects, little has happened across many broad indices, but then a lot has happened in the, the real world. COVID, obviously, a very big issue in emerging markets and in the US. So there's lots, I think, to distill, lots to, to go through, I think. Yeah,
0: absolutely. As you say, I think global equities have largely been trending sideways over the last month or so. The only real outlier in there is um, technology, which I think you can comment on in a second or so. Um, But there's the emerging market equities, which have surprised to the upside. And that's uh, been really driven by the Chinese stock market, which in just the first two weeks of July, one index I looked at is up over 18%. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it's starting to look a bit fluffy a bit speculative there
1: which is similar to tech it, it is and in, in many ways they're linked i suppose because uh, i think one, one of the reasons emerging markets broadly has rallied is that we've seen the dollar soften and that takes financial pressure off emerging economies uh, and also we've seen that i think the the outlook for the world economy become less uh, severe less pessimistic Now, in the case of China and tech, there are certain indices now that that are as stretched, you know, people talking about them being as stretched as going back to 2001, 2011, etc. In the case of China, it seems that the rally in the stock market has been sanctioned by the government, if you look at some of the the comments in, in the press there. And there may be a number of reasons for that. One is to encourage wealth accumulation, and also related to, relatedly to provide a, an avenue for speculative capital also i think it helps to just just boost the outer edges of china's financial markets at a time when many companies will be feeling uh, funding funding stresses it is as you say highly expensive and stressed and we we probably wouldn't wouldn't chase it just one comment on tech you know, we've seen a, a really strong rally in the Nasdaq. It's up, I think at this stage, 14% higher than it was in January, let alone the lows of uh, of, of March. And it's driven effectively by what people call these big fang stocks, the, the Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, um, Amazons of the world. And that has got rationale behind it in the sense that the digital economy is clearly going to be more powerful in the post-COVID world. But again, if you look at valuations, they're getting very, very stretched now. So this one, I think, is, is beginning to push the the upper limits, I think. I think we
0: might have to change the FANG acronym to include Tesla in the future. Uh, exactly,
1: exactly. <laughs> it's it's trebled since the end of March, apparently. It is. Um, I think one of the extraordinary things, it's now bigger, in terms of market cap than Toyota, General Motors, Ford all put together. And it sells a tiny fraction of the cars that they're selling. So it's a bit of a, bit of a logical puzzle, I think.
0: Yeah, there's a suspicion that a lot of this has been driven by retail investors, uh, particularly in the US. And a few people are pointing to um, this being a side effect of some of the stimulus packages that have been put out there. So, for example, I heard one stat that said 68% of people earning this, uh, these jobs package stimulus money are earning more than they would normally earn working. So they're putting the extra into the stock market. Now if this is the case and this is driving markets higher, then it'll be really interesting to see what happens around the end of July when some of these packages run off. I mean, I know they're talking about possible extensions, but right now um, that's when it ends. And at the same time, we're seeing government bond yields continuing to trend lower, which is normally a bit of a warning sign as well. So there's a couple of things that I think we should be watching for around the end of this month. And of course, this week we have earnings season start as well.
1: Yeah, so we we have, I think, a whole range of earnings data and macro events coming on the horizon. Many analysts are expecting earnings for corporate America to be down between 30 to 40%, depending on the sector. Uh, the ones I'm going to watch closely will be banks, because they give us a very good sense of any impending uh, credit stress, and they're, they're, they're essential for passing some of the stimulus through to the rest of the economy. The bond market, again, I think it tends to be a much better uh, forecaster predictor of the economic outlook than the stock market. The stock market at the moment is very much enthralled to what the, the Fed is doing. And then, of course, you know the bond yields have been coming down, which I think is sending quite a cautious picture about the economic outlook. And as you say, we have this cliff coming for the the end of some of the very generous policy stimulus. And just in pure financial terms, the US and other governments won't be able to continue at that level for some time. And we may have, as you say, drop off in economic sentiment, but also in retail investor sentiment, which might undercut the, the tech stocks we, we talked about.
0: So I think in summary, we probably, uh, you know, we're happy to leave the portfolios where they are, which is slightly running slightly less risk than usual. Uh, plenty of cash to um, uh, go back into the market if we do see a big pullback. Uh, but otherwise, I think sideways for now, see what happens come the end of July is is my sort of conclusion.
1: I think you're right. And just to, to reference some of the moves you you, you know you, you've made recently in the portfolios, uh, you know, we'd ridden the, the rally up and took money out. The markets, the headline indices, haven't done much since then. And I think one of the, the, the comforts we have is we still have safe assets in the portfolio. I suppose maybe maybe you want to comment on this as well. We're unlike the Robin Hoods of the world. We have a portfolio approach, so we we're, we're insulated. I think if things go go bad.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: We don't need to worry about uh, a wirecard type
0: scenario uh, hitting our portfolios as well diversified across so many stocks, we don't really run that individual company risk. Exactly, yeah. And of course we've got other diversifying assets in there as well. So, you know, government bonds, uh, high quality corporate bonds, uh, a a little bit of exposure to high yield still, which uh, is continuing to sort of crawl higher. Um, But yeah, I mean, we're we're very well diversified. So 15% in cash leaves us plenty of safety assets to uh, to buy equities if if we see a better opportunity.
1: Exactly. So I think we're we're well positioned um, going into through July and and the, and the rest of the summer.
0: Thank you for joining us, Mike. As ever.
1: Thanks very much, Dan.